Thanks to Grammarly for supporting the Productivity Show. Grammarly is a communication tool that helps people improve their writing to be mistake-free, clear, and effective. Start writing confidently by going to grammarly.com forward slash TPS to get 20% off a Grammarly premium account today. Welcome to the Productivity Show, a podcast by Asian Efficiency to help you maximize your productivity so you can get the important things done without having to sacrifice your health, family, and things that matter to you. We've helped tens of thousands of people save time, be happier, and become more productive. Today, we're going to be talking about the five ways you can automate your home. We'll share the tools and devices we use to save time and make life more convenient. Home automation is a relatively new topic and one we're really excited to explore with you today. Have you ever thought of purchasing an Amazon Echo, a Google Home, or an Apple HomePod, but haven't yet, but you're going to learn how you can use them to save time and be productive. Or if you already have one of the devices, you'll discover new ways to get the most out of them, and in some cases, even save money. You can find links to everything that we share on the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com slash 243. And now, on with the show. Another day, another episode. How are you doing today, Brooks? I am fantastic. How are you? I'm doing great. It's spring. It's finally hot weather here in Austin, Texas. I'm super ready. I just finished spring cleaning my home. I got rid of all my winter clothes and now I'm ready to wear t-shirts again and short sleeves and just enjoy sunny weather and have a have a drink outside. I'm laughing because we record these episodes live in front of the dojo and we do it via video and somehow I'm wearing a red shirt in front of my red background so I'm blending in and Tan's wearing a beige shirt in front of his beige background so he's blending in so if you're a dojo member watching this live you're basically watching two floating heads so that's great <laughs> so let's start off the episode today we're going to be talking about home automation but before we do we always like to start off with our top three productivity resources so in 90 seconds or less i'm going to go through them and my number one is the amazon echo i've had this device since it first came out it's basically amazon's tool and device for automating your home. So you can have a smart assistant in your home, you can ask her or him questions, you can automate a lot of things, and as we go through today's episode, you're gonna learn a cool way to use this device and some other ways you can use it to to make your life more convenient and simpler and something I've definitely enjoyed over the last couple of years. Second is the MD Live app on the iPhone. So MD Live is actually a telemedicine app or it's a provider that does consultations with professional doctors and legitimate doctors. So you don't have to leave your home anymore. You can literally just use the app, communicate with a licensed doctor, and get prescriptions or get whatever advice you need. So instead of going to the doctor's office, you can now just be at home and talk to a doctor, which is also great if you're traveling a lot, which is something that I do. So if I'm traveling and I need a prescription for something, Instead of waiting to get back home, I can now do it remotely on my phone and get it taken care of. So really recommend it. And obviously you want to check in with your medical provider if they support it, but there's several of them, but MD Live is the one I use. And then the third one is an app called Deliveries. This is a Mac and iOS app. And if you're somebody like me who never leaves his home and you're always shopping online and buying stuff and you want to keep track of all your packages, 
This is my favorite app for tracking that. The reason for that is it has a web interface. Now, most deliveries tracking apps are great, and you can just you know, punch in a code and stuff like that. But what's great about this particular app is that you can forward emails to an email address and it will put it into your account. And also because it has a web interface, my executive assistant, when she orders packages for me, she gets the tracking code and then she can put it into my app. So I don't even have to do anything. So it's really useful because of that. So those are the top three productivity resources. We will have links to all of them in the show notes. So if you don't have our show notes already, you can go to theproductivityshow.com slash 243 or if you want to have them emailed to you, you just go to theproductivityshow.com, sign up for our newsletters, and you'll get the show notes emailed to you every time we release a new podcast episode. All right, so let's talk about home automation today. This is the third episode in our series of automation. In 241, we talked about how you can automate your life. And we didn't talk much about technology because we talked a lot about that in last week's episode, which was 242, which was all about how do you automate stuff on your computer, on your mobile phone, and everything that you use for day-to-day work. But today, we're going to be talking about home automation. And this is a growing trend. And the reason we're talking about this is everybody is either having a Google Home device or an Amazon Echo or an Apple device that now allows you to kind of like streamline your home and make it a little bit, quote unquote, smarter and more efficient. And there's not a lot of great content out there. So we thought, hey, let's talk about this today. So Brooks, before we kick it off, what kind of home devices do you use at home? Yeah, I use quite a few. And I'm actually really glad we're doing this episode because this is something whenever we get together for quarterly planning or at a conference or whatever, or having our internal calls, this is something we always end up talking about is the various home automation that that we do. So it's great to actually do this live. So yeah, I have my automation that I do through my iOS devices. I also have the Amazon Echo that you you talked about. I have a smart thermostat and I have a smart light. So I've got quite a few things going on here at the house. And my play is I have the Amazon Echo, which is kind of my central hub for everything. I also have the Philips Hue lights, so the smart lights. And then I don't know if you would consider Sonos a smart device, but if I can throw it in there, I know you have a bunch of them as well. And last week's episode, you talked about how you were hunting for them. (laughs) And I have those and then a bunch of iOS automations as well. So I'm I'm glad we both have these devices so we can talk about them from firsthand experience. And what a lot of people don't realize, if you don't have any of these devices, what's the value proposition of such a device, right? To me, it's really about the convenience factor. The fact that I know that I can leave my home, my lights will automatically turn off. If I'm feeling lazy, I'm still in bed and I want to know what the time is, I can literally trigger the device and say, hey, what's the time? And without checking my phone or Apple Watch or being woken up by these devices, I can just listen to that. And I also find it just having lots of peace of mind, knowing that certain things are just taken care of when I'm away, right? So if you have a smart thermostat, you can have that. Or if you have a lot of devices, you can actually save money as well by being more efficient when it comes to like, you know, I know we've all been in situations where you go on vacation and you want, oh man, did I turn off the lights Mm. in my bedroom, right? And sometimes we don't and sometimes we have, but even just the stress of thinking about that is so annoying to me. So 
the fact that you can remotely access your home and just turn off your lights that way gives you a lot of peace of mind. Or if you're really cool and smart, you have geolocation features enabled so that you can actually leave your place and then say, hey, if I'm outside of a mile radius, you can automatically turn off all my stuff at home. Uh, that's super useful as well. But what do you find most convenient, Brooks? Yeah, it's definitely, like you say, it's definitely a convenience thing more than a time thing. Like, yeah, in some things you do save a bit of time, but it's definitely more more about the convenience. So for me, it's that similar sort of thing. You can do things like have it so that when the last person leaves the house, all the lights go on, You can, or certain lights go on. You can have it. <laughs> One thing I do is I, as much as I try to get, you know, the kids to turn off all the lights and they're generally pretty good at that, but sometimes they will forget to say, turn off the lights in their bedroom. What I do is at, I think it's 9.05 a.m. every morning, automatically all the lights in the upstairs get turned off because I know they've gone to school at that time and whatever they may have left on will automatically turn off and I don't need to go upstairs and see what's going on. So it's just like little things like that that are really handy or you know when I'm when I'm coming home it it can detect when when I'm coming home and then my thermostat will turn on so that the house will be warmed up when I'm getting there just stuff like that again convenience more than more than time for sure if we look at the T framework right which is kind of our system for mastering productivity we talk about time energy and attention and if I had to categorize home automation in one of those three, I would probably say it's an energy thing because it's so convenient. You don't have to worry about a lot of things. It doesn't drain you of energy. And it kind of helps with attention as well because if you can just focus on what you're good at and not worry about everything else, that allows you to focus and not get distracted. And it's a little bit of time saving as well. But out of all three, I would say energy is probably the most related to this. So let's talk about five ways you can automate your home. Now, Brooks, we're going to go old school here and work our way up to the most tech savvy solution here. So let's start with an old school solution, which is light timers or sensors. Yeah, this is when having somebody a little technical, or a little nerdy can almost be a detriment because it can be really tempting to go and get all this awesome, cool technology to solve a problem that really doesn't need to be that way. So for example, there's a lot of great light timers out there that you can get to turn on and off things in the house, outdoor lights and that sort of thing. You can have things that when the closet, when a closet opens or the garage door opens, the lights turn on. There's all these different kind of low tech tools that do a job just as well as, you know, a hundred dollar smart home light system setup. So, I mean, it can be fun to play with that stuff. So uh, I totally understand if you want to, but sometimes a six ninety nine switch you get from Home Depot or whatever can do the trick. This is uh, something Dean from the dojo was saying that he implemented those type of timers and switches to make it look like he's home when he's not. And I remember in Mac power users, which is another great podcast, they were talking about this and what and the former host Katie was talking about how she wanted to make it so that when she goes in her garage, lights come on and stuff like that. And she was at first going to set up all these crazy smart home sensor, Philips Hue sensors, stuff like that. And then she was, no, there's actually a normal light switch with a sensor. All you need to do is walk in front of it and the garage lights come on. So sometimes you can just 
go simple and it will make your life a lot easier. I remember when I was a little kid growing up, me and my best friend, we would play at his house. And whenever we would go into the basement, we would open up the door and then the lights would automatically turn on. And I, I was always amazed how convenient that was before we went into the basement. And then we could just close the door knowing that 30 seconds later, the lights would automatically turn off. And you know, this was, I don't know, 20 years ago, 25 plus years ago. And that same technology is still available today. Again, you don't have to use the fancy hue lights or anything else to make that happen, right? If you just need a simple on and off switch for motion, there's tons of cheap solutions out there. So number one, old school light timers or sensors, don't disregard them. They're really useful. You can go to Home Depot or you go to Lowe's if you're in the States and find tons of solutions and don't disregard them. Chris from the dojo says in the dojo chat room, it says, Brooks, you just probably saved me $200 in smart lights by reminding me about the hardware store just now. <laughs> I totally understand this last Christmas for our Christmas lights outside. I, I, I just happened to have this, this smart home plug thing that I wasn't using. So I, I put it, used it for that. And I had all the automation set up and blah, blah, blah. And my wife was saying, don't we have a switch that we've been using for years that can do exactly what you're setting up this app to do. And I had to be like, yeah, I really do. So sometimes <laughs> save the $200, just go to the hardware store. It may not be as intellectually fun, but you can save your energy, your mental energy for setting up other cool things. So that is number one, old school light timers and sensors. Now let's talk about number two, which is high tech appliances. So this is very similar to just having basic appliances. But when you have the high-tech version of this, it can make life a little simpler, a little bit more convenient, and a little easier as well. So a perfect example is a tea maker, right? You can make your own tea. You can cook some hot water and then pour it, right? Or if you have something that has like a little bit more automation where you can like put something on the stove and cook it that way. Or <laughs> if you're really lazy, you could even put like a cup of water in a microwave and microwave it and then <laughs> put some tea in there. Like there's tons of ways you can use, you know, basic appliances, right? But then there's also the high tech version of this, which can make it a little bit more simpler and a little easier. So for example, I have a Breville tea maker. It's a one-touch tea maker. It's about $240 or so. And I know what you're thinking right now, $240 for a tea maker. Yes, it is a little ridiculous. I will say that right now. And then I actually learned this from a dojo member. I believe uh, John was the one who recommended it to me many years ago. He had one. And all you have to do is literally put a tea back in, press one button, and then it will just make your tea at the perfect temperature. It will seep it. Everything is just perfect. And you don't have to do anything other than put some tea in, hit one button. So that was sort of my foray into getting high-tech appliances. And ever since then, I've kind of like experimented with different things. So for example, I love eating boiled eggs, hard-boiled eggs. So I have a hard-boiled egg cooker. So instead of trying to cook it myself... And as I've shared in other episodes before, I haven't cooked in like five or six <laughs> years. So I barely know how to make, you know, a fried egg. So by boiling my own eggs in this like automated cooker, I can literally just put the eggs in there. I can put six or seven of them in there, put some water in at, at the right level and then let it run. And then it will have perfect hard boiled eggs. 
So the one appliance that I use is the Von Chef electric cooker. And we'll have links to both of the things that I mentioned in the show notes. So you can buy them off Amazon. So it's about $15, $20, I believe, but so worth it because you have perfect eggs every single time. There's no more guessing. There's no more like, you know, cracking one egg and trying to see if it's perfect or not or whatever. Or if you want it like a little bit like soft or you want your eggs to be a little bit hard, you can just use the machine and it will take care of itself. It's just so convenient. I love it. So you save Chris the $200 in the smart lights and now he can go out and use that $200 for the, the Breville tea maker. So that's good. <laughs> it's rev- it's cost neutral now. <laughs> now, this is not something I personally have, but I've heard other people really like it. Is um, uh, You were talking about the tea maker. A device for coffee is called the Mocha Master. And I've heard people like I know Sean Blanc, who writes online, has talked about this recently, how it's not quite as good maybe as making it yourself if you're a super coffee nerd but it's pretty close for the time savings and the same sort of thing it kind of does the work for you there another one that joanne from the dojo mentioned is the instant pot so this is something a lot of people have implemented where you just you know put a bunch of stuff in put in the instant pot set a timer and then just go and it cooks it again like really really perfectly i know aaron chase who is on the productivity show tps226 she has a website the five five dollar dinners.com i know she's a big instant pot fan i saw a picture of her hugging her instant pot once on her site she actually has a, a cookbook of instant pot recipes so i'll link to that in the show notes as well so there's these these appliances you can get and they don't have to be expensive like the breville is and the mocha master are definitely up there but your egg cooker is one that's very inexpensive that can do a lot of the work for us so we like you say we don't have to worry about you don't have to be always checking these eggs to see if they're perfect you just let it do its thing and it's going to be perfect every time yeah another simple little tool that i use is like an electric frother so Instead of like using your spoon and kind of swirling around, you can just have this electric device and just you go in there and just literally just wait 10 seconds and you're done, which is great if you have like powdery tea, for example, and you want to have like the perfect tea for that. Or you just want to mix some honey in instead of using your spoon, you can kind of use this electric froth machine to kind of like you do that again it sounds like i'm so lazy and in a way i kind of am so if you can afford these little tools and use them it just makes your life again more convenient right like and that's kind of the theme of this episode when it comes to home automation and tools we want to make life as convenient as possible or another way to think about it's just like the less stress that we have on ourselves the less energy we drain the more we have for our capacity to do amazing work so keep that in mind Thanks to Grammarly for supporting the productivity show. Grammarly is a communication tool that helps people improve their writing to be mistake-free, clear, and effective. They encourage everyone, even the best students and top professionals, to use Grammarly to do their best work and accomplish even more of their goals. Grammarly is a great writing assistant that will make you look and sound smarter. You can easily improve yourself and your communication at school, work, and almost anywhere with Grammarly. Now, many of you listening to this podcast will have some sort of written communication as part of your work or school or otherwise in your life. You want to show your best self and you can do that through your writing. Grammarly's writing assistant is available across a bunch of different platforms like a Chrome, Firefox, Safari, or Edge web browser extension, a Mac or Windows desktop app, and on iOS and Android. Your writing can shine even on a mobile device. 
The free version of Grammarly reviews critical spelling and grammar, which is great, but Grammarly Premium will do that, plus also check advanced punctuation, structure, style within context, conciseness, vocabulary suggestions, and it will look out for readability in all sorts of different situations like business writing, academic essays, and even casual blog posts. We talk a lot about goals on the Productivity Show, and you can accomplish your goals with help from Grammarly. You can stop making email typos on your phone. You can close more deals at work this year with your emails. You can polish your resume to get that new job. For me, sometimes I like to get super focused when I'm writing, and I'll do it on my iPad in order to avoid distractions. The Grammarly mobile keyboard is really helpful for making sure my writing shines, and I like being able to check things over right from my writing app. The conciseness checker in Grammarly Premium is super helpful to me as well because I love to write, but I want to make sure that what I write is as tight and impactful as possible. Now, Grammarly is offering the Productivity Show listeners 20% off a Grammarly Premium account. Go to Grammarly.com forward slash TPS to get 20% off your Grammarly Premium account today. That's Grammarly.com forward slash TPS for 20% off your Grammarly Premium account. Let's talk about number three. So number two was high-tech appliances. Number three is smart lights. As we've talked about at the beginning of this episode, I have Philips Hue lights. Those are smart lights where you can basically control them with your device, such as the iPhone or the iPad or whatever phone you use, right? So these are Wi-Fi enabled light bulbs. And I love them. I've had them for three to four years now, ever since they first came out and became really popular. And what's useful about them, I find, and the benefits of them is that, one, you can change the light color. So it's not just one specific color, but you can turn them red, green, blue, purple. You can make a little disco at home if you really want to. Or if it's 4th of July, you can you know turn your home into you know red, white, and blue. Or if you're in Canada, you know, red and, <laughs> red and white. Red and white. <laughs> if no you blue want. up here. <laughs> so you can change colors. That's really convenient. Again, you can trigger them. So you could say, hey, if I'm leaving my home, turn off all the lights. Hey, if I'm coming home and I'm in my vicinity, then turn on the lights, right? So you can have geotag stuff going on as well. And then you can schedule stuff. So you can say, hey, turn on the lights automatically at 7 a.m., turn them off at 7 p.m. I remember when I was little, my parents were always like little freaked out if we were going on vacation. So they would have these light switches or dimmers that would automatically turn on all the lights and then turn them off at very specific times, you know, to make it look like as if somebody was home. And again, you can go the old school route if you want, like we talked about at point number one. Or number three, you know, you can go high tech, which in this case would be the smart bulbs. So that's one thing you can do as well. Are there any other things, Brooks, that you do with your smart lights? The color and the temperature is interesting because what you can do is have it so that at different times of the day, it changes the light temperature to kind of help with with mood and and make it a, light, a little brighter if you're if you're reading and stuff like that. That's some of the things you can do. You mentioned the red, white, and, and blue thing. Yeah, you can do some really fun stuff with lights. Like you can, in, in TPS 242, our, our last episode, we talked about different web services. And you can actually link that in with your smart lights too, if, if you want. So you could have it so that if you if you have a favorite team and it and it scores and you score a goal, you know, your lights flash or turn color or something like that. You can do funny things like that. I know uh, Christina from the dojo says, 
she has smart lights too. And she set, sets it up so that if she says, hey, device, I won't say the, the phrase, but hey, device, go Hawks, then her lights change to blue and green for the Atlanta Hawks, their, their baseball or basketball team. So you can do fun stuff like that. I do a few things. So for example, sometimes my when my wife comes home and it's dark, what I do is I have a, a sensor in the garage that trips when the garage door opens or closes. And so I have an automation set up so that if she comes home and it's dark, so it's after sunset and the garage door opens, then the lights going up the stairs into our living room automatically turn on for her and then turn off automatically after whatever it is, 20 minutes or something like that. So just to make things a little more convenient for her and just, you know, feeling, feeling more safe to not have it in the dark. And again, it's not like Obviously, she's capable of turning lights on herself, clearly. But, you know, if you're coming in and you've got your she's got her squash bag and her computer and all that stuff in her hands, it's just nice. Again, getting back to convenience, it's just nice not having to do that. It automatically happens. Another thing that I do is I have an automation set up so that when I go on my morning walk, I have an automation set up so that if and I I always do my reading, my morning reading after that, I have an automation set up so that. If I come home, it detects if it's me coming home. If I come home before a certain time in the morning, then one particular lamp lights up in the living room at the brightness I like for reading so that everything's all there ready for me. All I need to do is walk in the door, go to my sofa and start reading. So those are some of the fun things you can do. I do have Philips Hue bulbs as well, but I also have some switches by Lutron called Lutron Cassetta. And so that can be a great way is instead of replacing each individual bulb, which you do with the Hue, instead you go the other way and you replace the switch and it's a smart switch as well. So you can control whatever is connected to that switch. And the nice thing about these things is with these backbones like the Amazon Echo or HomeKit with Apple devices and other other of these types, you can mix and match the different technologies and have them all linked up and controlled together. You don't have to use the individual apps for each thing. And the nice thing about the Cassetta too is that then you can turn it on and off easily just with a light switch. So if you have maybe less technology tolerant members of your family who maybe you like the smart home stuff, but they don't, they can still turn it on and off just like a regular light switch. One of my favorite ways to use the smart lights is to have different color schemes. So for example, when I'm at home, and I need like bright lights like at night for whatever reason. I have like a particular color scheme that I use and all I have to do is open up the app and then just enable that. And then all the lights on the wall and in my kitchen will then turn on. And I can kind of like manage which rooms should be turned on and, you know, what kind of color scheme or what temperature and so on. And then at other times if I want to read, then I'll change the color scheme as well to be a little bit darker. Uh, temperature is a little bit lower. Or if I'm hosting a dinner party, then I can turn on the lights by using a different color scheme. So it's a little bit more like bluish, purplish, pinkish, kind of sets a cool tone. And then having all these different color schemes makes it just really fun and convenient again. And then if you have the Philips switch, right? So it's like a round switch that you can use. So it has technically four buttons. You can assign certain color schemes to a certain button. So instead of using the app, you can just tap a certain button and then we'll turn on the lights to a particular color scheme. So you can kind of set those up in your app and then connect them and then you're good to go. 
Now, Philips also has smart sensor devices as well. So for example, in my bathroom, I have one of these, not light bulbs, but they're separate light devices that they have that you can just put on, on your desk or something or something flat. And then I have basically a sensor. So I kind of have the expensive version <laughs> of <laughs> technology number one of Philips Hue. So basically what happens is I have a set timer set where it says, hey, if I'm walking or if you're detecting motion after 7 p.m., which is something I set because it's dark usually at 7 p.m., then turn on the lights and make sure to do it up till, let's say, 7 a.m. in the morning. And so at night, you know, if I wake up in the middle of the night and I go to my bathroom, instead of turning on my lights, which then would kind of like wake me up, the motion detector will just see me walking into my bathroom and then we'll have like an orange kind of like tint. And it's really subtle and it's really, really not bright. And it's, it's almost like reflecting into a corner. So the light is bouncing off the corner. So it doesn't light up the whole bathroom, just that little corner, which is just good enough for me to be able to go into my bathroom and then go back to sleep without affecting my sleep schedule. So I always hated the fact that previously I had to go to the bathroom, turn on the lights and then kind of like wake up. And then when I went back to bed, I had to like wait for another 10, 20 minutes or whatever to fall asleep again. So having that alone, even though it was kind of the expensive solution compared to what we talked about at the first point, that alone was so worth it for me. Oh, that's a good idea. I might implement something like that in our stairs going downstairs from the upstairs where the bedrooms are sometimes if you need to go downstairs you know you don't want to walk down the stairs in the dark but i don't want to turn the lights on either and blast it for everyone else that whose rooms kind of adjoin that so something like that where if you walk down there again after a certain time it just lights it up just a little bit so that you're not going to fall down the stairs or at least i won't that's a good idea i should think about something like that it reminds me, my parents were always reminding me when I was growing up to turn off the lights every time I left my home or my room. And they were just so strict on just saving on the uh, electricity bill, right? So I would sometimes go into my basement or up the top floor when it's dark without turning on the lights. And I kind of learned that, oh, you know, well, if I don't turn on the lights for 10 seconds, I might save a penny here. And now that I think about it, it's like it's totally not worth the injury that you might risk yourself. <laughs> but that's a that's like I was talking about with the all these automations I have. That's that's a perfect use case for that. That if if you're nagging at the kids or or if if we forget to turn this stuff off, you can have automations that say, okay, if somebody does forget to leave a light on after a certain time, just just cut it, and it works really well. So guys and gals that are listening, if you need to convince your plus one or partner to get home automation, this is the best point that you can make. Prevent injuries from happening <laughs> to yourself, <laughs> your kids, and save some money as well. All right, let's talk about number four, which is smart thermosets. So number three was smart lighting, and number four is smart thermosets. So Brooks, what are some of the benefits of having a smart thermostat. So a thermostat you can use like digitally or remotely. I think the most well-known solution is probably the Nest thermostat. What, what do you find most beneficial of using one? Yeah, so I have a, I don't have a Nest, but I have a Echobee or Ecobee. And some of the benefits I find is it's really great about controlling the temperature, especially when you're not home and or not around. So you can have it so that if it doesn't detect motion, it works on motion, though you can control it with your, your phone as well. 
if it doesn't detect motion, it can, you can set it so that it drops the temperature down so that if you leave the house, it just, you don't have to create these crazy schedules and stuff like that, that you've always been able to do with like a Honeywell or whatever. It can do it a bit more automatically. So you can really save money by having it, depending on how much heat you use, by really managing the temperature when you're not around. On the flip side of that, you can have it so that if it does detect motion, it can keep the house nice and warm. Or I guess if you live somewhere where you need air conditioning, which is not where I live, but you could have it keep the house cool as well. Another nice thing about it is a lot of built-in thermostat. I mean, this is kind of superficial, I guess, but a lot of kind of stock thermostats are pretty ugly. So I, I just find these smart thermostats like the Ecobee and the Nest and stuff like that just, just look cool. So aesthetically, they're nice. And you can also control them when you're not home. So a lot of these, you can use an app on your smartphone to turn the temperature up and down. And like I said before, you can have it so that if you're 15 minutes away from home, the air conditioning automatically kicks in or the heat automatically kicks in and, and that sort of thing. So it allows you to do these type of automations as well. I personally don't have one because our apartment building doesn't allow custom thermostats, unfortunately. But one of the things I've told Kelly, my executive assistant, that I would prefer Airbnbs that have a desk thermostat because I think they're so cool and I want to play with them <laughs> and kind of use them and kind of learn how they work. And I stayed at a treehouse not too long ago. It was like the most modern treehouse just outside of Austin when I was doing a staycation. I was kind of like planning 2019 and planning the year and I stayed up at this uh, treehouse and it was the most modern treehouse because I had a Nest thermostat. How cool was that? So I played around with it. It was really cool. And it's just, there's something about having really nice design that makes it one, more enjoyable to use, but also two, makes it more fun. And like when something is just aesthetically very pleasing, it just makes it more likely for you to use it as well. Even though the functions are technically the same of an old, ugly thermostat. Do you find that to be true as well? Yeah, absolutely. I just like I just like looking at it when I'm when I'm walking by, which is a kind of a weird thing. One thing I I like about the Ecobee, and maybe the Nest has this too. I'm not totally sure. Is you've got the thermostat itself, but then you also ha- can get these little sensors. Mine came with one, I think, but you can buy extra ones and put them at different places through the house. So, for example, my office where I am recording this right now is in my basement. And the thermostat is on the main floor and the temperature can be quite different depending on the time of year between the basement and the main floor. So if it was relying just on the temperature on the main floor, then I could get pretty cold down here and vice versa in the summer. And so what you can do is you can have these sensors around so that it allows you to figure out the temperature based on where people actually are in the house, not necessarily where the thermostat is. So if you have a large house, that can be a a, a pretty cool feature. So that is smart thermostats, number four. And the fifth way to automate your home is by using smart assistants. So we've talked about the Amazon Echo and the Google Home device. So these are some of the tools that are out there. Apple also has one, right? The HomePod that came out not too long ago. And I've had mine for a few years now, and I love it just because it's kind of the central hub for everything. So I consider my Amazon Echo the central hub for connecting my Philips Hue lights, uh, connecting my music to there, also for stuff with my phone and iPad. 
And it's kind of like the central hub. So that's the one tool I use to record and, and use my voice for to control everything else in my home, whether it's the lights and other stuff. So I find it most useful for just like checking the weather real quick. Personally, if I want to have an idea of like what, what clothes I should wear or if I'm getting dressed for something, I'll just ask quickly for what the weather is. And then I kind of know, okay, this is what I should be aware of. If it's going to be raining or not, or if it's cold. And this is so funny because literally I could step outside and kind of have a clue how warm it is. But sometimes I'm in the other room and I just ask my uh, Amazon Echo for what the weather is. The other tool I find really useful is calculations. So for example, if I need to do some complicated math, instead of busting up my phone, I will just say, hey, what's this times this or something, right? Or if I need to know what's on my calendar, I can ask that as well because it's connected to my Google calendar. She can basically read all the events that are happening that day and tomorrow as well. So I find it really useful. And there's some other things that I do as well. But Brooks, what are some ways that you use your device? Yeah, the weather's a big one. My whole family uses that all the time, especially, you know, you're you're halfway through changing and you're just like, especially somewhere here, like in Vancouver, where I am, where the weather can be very variable. So you're, you kind of have to make decisions what you're going to wear based on the conditions because they could be different. So we use it for weather a lot. Currency conversions and, and measurement conversions, we do quite a bit, converting kilometers to miles or if you're cooking something you and the instructions give one thing, you might want to convert it to something else. You can get traffic reports. You can get news reports. Those are trivia questions too. Sometimes you're just having a conversation and and you just say, oh yeah, what, what is the population of Estonia or whatever? And it just tells you all that, that sort of stuff. So that's like kind of some of the things we use it for, but mainly like, like you, it's a hub for controlling everything. So we use it a lot for controlling music. So we have music almost always playing through the house, our various family members. So we're starting and stopping music through that. And yeah, just using having different routines and stuff set up. So yeah, it's as a controller to tie all these things we've been talking about together. They're great devices. So one of my favorite ways to use this is actually with my housekeeper. The reason I like the Amazon Echo over, say, HomePod or Google Home is that because it's connected to my Amazon accounts, I do a lot of shopping, a lot of purchases online, and most of them are on Amazon. So one scenario where I find it so valuable and time-saving is whenever she comes to my home, which is usually every Saturday, she'll clean my place. Uh, one of the things that she does is she will uh, refill my supplement rack. So as an example, let's say I run out out of uh, omega-3 fish oils, for example, right? She knows exactly what the brand is because the bottle is in front of her, right? And then all she has to do is say, hey, device, order this omega-3 fish oil. And then based on my order history, the Echo device will then say, hey, it seems based on your order history that this is the thing that you're looking to order. Is that correct? And then she will say yes. And then she has the voice code as well to make the purchase, and then it's confirmed. And then basically one or two days later, it'll be shipped and here at my place. So that way she doesn't have to leave, you know, the house to find the supplement. She doesn't have to bother me and say, hey, Tan, seems like you ran out of omega-3 fish rolls. You know, make sure you order them. So it, I don't have to sit behind my computer and immediately order them or add or add it to OmniFocus or whatever. She basically does all of that. So she does this for all sorts of things, right? Like if I run out of like dish soap or whatever, 
or like one of my tiles was like really old and she's like, Tian, you really need to replace your tile. I'm like, okay. So she ordered the same tile on Amazon by just searching for it. So it wasn't even in my order history. She just searched for it and I was like, oh, yep, this seems to be the one and then she ordered it. So I'm not even involved in the whole process, but just because the feature is there makes my life so much more convenient. And that's one of the reasons I find the Echo more beneficial to me at least compared to the HomePod or the Google device. Yeah, a few other things I do that I forgot to mention before is one of them is multiple timers. So this is really, really handy for a lot of things, but especially when cooking, we've been doing HelloFresh a lot lately where I've been uh, making different things and they were a sponsor of a recent podcast episode. And so sometimes you got a number of things going on, like maybe you got pasta going on and you're doing some onions and you're doing something else. And so you can say like, hey, device, set a rice timer for 20 minutes. Hey, device, set a onion timer for four minutes, et cetera, et cetera. So you can set all these multiple named timers and then they just go off and tell you what the timer is for. So I find that a really, really handy feature. And I know a lot of people like it too. Another thing I use it for a lot is for alarms. So for example, my kids, they have to get up at different times and leave for school at different times. And so we have different alarms set up through the Echo for those times. But it's also great, like sometimes when you're a parent and you're trying to get your kids to do something, you could say, hey, so-and-so, it's time to get going. Let's say it's time to go to soccer practice, time to go to soccer practice, or we're leaving for soccer practice in 15 minutes. And then 15 minutes comes and you have to nag them again to stop doing whatever it is they're doing. And it just turns into a thing. What I've started to do, which has been very effective, is let's say I'll say, okay, it's uh, time to stop playing the Xbox in, I don't know, 12 minutes or something like that, like let's say at four o'clock. I'll, I'll just say, hey, device, set a timer for 12 minutes. And then when the timer goes, they know it's time to stop. Or when the timer goes, they know it's time to leave and go to soccer practice or whatever. So just by having this timer that is kind of, reflecting what it is that you're telling them to do they know they can't say what it's time to go already they know that 12 minutes ago you said we're leaving in 12 minutes and that alarm goes off and it's just something that's very easy to do with a voice a voice device so that's one thing that that i use it for a lot so basically what you're saying is that kids will rather listen to a robot (laughs) than to their real parents i think i think many parents would agree with me on that one yes (laughs) It's funny you mentioned that because I do use the timer feature quite a bit as well. Whether it is a Pomodoro timer, I just want to set a timer for 25 minutes and focus on one thing or preparing food or something. Or uh, one other way I use it as well is for stretching. So whenever I'm like here at home and I'm using a foam roller or I have like a ball that I use to release tension in different parts of my body, I just foam roll. And then I usually don't want to foam roll for more than 20 minutes or so before I move on to the next thing. So I can just set a timer. Or if I do certain exercises at home, I can set a timer as well. So I do a lot of Igosku work for those who are familiar. Igosku is kind of like a whole body approach to getting your body aligned. So if my shoulders are like at different heights or my hips are a little bit out of place or I need to activate them or something, then I can do all these exercises that are prescribed to me. And so I have like a, what they call a menu where I do certain exercises every day, but certain things I have to do require, for example, being in a certain position for 30 seconds or one minute. So as I'm doing them, I would just say, Hey device, set a timer for 30 seconds. And then 
I can do my posts and then I have to tech, check my phone or count myself. The timer just runs and when it goes off, I just say turn off the timer and then I move on to the next post. So it just makes it a little simpler. Again, it's all about convenience, right? Yeah, that's the thing. It's none of this stuff we're talking about is stuff that you can't do with something else. Like maybe the multiple name timers is a bit more difficult, but it's all stuff that you could do with your phone or do some other way, but it's just easier and more convenient using your voice and not have to fumble with a phone every single time. Yeah. Like if you want to discover new music or you just want to play a radio station of your favorite music artist, you can literally say, Hey device shuffle, Maroon 5 or something like that. And then it will just play songs by Maroon 5 in case that's your jam, right? Which I know definitely Brooks is something enjoys. Absolutely. <laughs> One interesting side story. When we were in the Philippines, we were doing a quiz or we were playing this little game while we were at the restaurant and everybody was going to hum a song and then people had to guess what the song was. And people would do the most obscure songs and guess who would win? Yep. <laughs> Brooks Duncan. Yeah. If it's music, I probably know it. I, sh- I should probably be using my brain for more useful things, but, but humming music, I got it. Another way I like to use the device, uh, as I mentioned earlier, is checking the time while I'm still in bed. Again, I mostly do this just because I don't want to wake myself up, especially when it's still dark outside and I can see that. I don't want to kind of like check my phone because then as soon as I check my phone, like other notifications might pop up and then I might want to check text messages and whatever. And then I, before I know it, waste an hour and I'm still in bed awake while I should be asleep. So using a voice command by saying, hey device, what's the time? If it says like, oh, it's 5.45, I can go, oh, okay, 5.45, I can probably still snooze for another hour and a half or whatever and then stay there. And then because I'm not triggered by any lights, I can just continue to lay in bed and be asleep. So again, it's all these little things, again, that is just there to make your life a little bit more convenient. All right, to wrap up today's episode, again, we talked about five ways you can automate your home. And as an action item, something you can always expect from us here at Asian Efficiency, right? We like to make it simple and actionable for you. Pick one of the things that you're going to implement today, okay? So out of all the things that we discussed today, whether it's the low-tech solution of using a light sensor, or if it's a smart light, or if it's a high-tech appliance, or if it's a smart device or a thermostat, whatever you want to do, just pick one of them and get started with that. Right. And I would say that the simpler the action, the better. So if you have to buy this expensive device, I'd say go ahead if you really want to, but you don't have to. As we showed you, there are some low tech devices that you can use. You can save a lot of money that way as well. But if there's one thing that you should take away from today's episode is that it's really about convenience. Right. It's going to help you save energy, save a lot of like routine stuff that you currently do. And just make it a little easier and more convenient. And whatever you pick, just go and implement that. So start today, get going. And we really enjoyed today's episode. And thank you for being with us. At Asian Efficiency, we believe that you shouldn't have to sacrifice your personal life to get things done. You should be able to get everything done in the time you have. That's why we've built a productivity quiz to help you maximize the time you have, increase your energy, and get you more focused. 
We've helped tens of thousands of people increase their productivity, and within two minutes of taking the productivity quiz, we'll show you exactly what you need to do next to increase your productivity. To take the quiz, just go to theproductivityshow.com slash quiz. Again, that URL is theproductivityshow.com slash quiz. Find out where your biggest areas of productivity friction are so you can take action. Take the quiz today and you'll be on your way to becoming superhuman productive. You can also find links to everything we discussed today in the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com slash 243. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us an iTunes review or star in Overcast. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next Productive Monday. Productive Monday.